Welcome to episode number five on the My Story Podcast. The My Story Podcast features interviews with leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs who tell us their story and the life lessons they've learned along the way. Hi, my name is Conrad Weaver, and I'm the host for the show. I'm a filmmaker, entrepreneur, a storyteller, and I love sailing. So if anyone out there has a sailboat and you need a first mate, let me know. I'll be happy to go along with you. And I'm so happy you've stopped by to listen to the show today. We're about to listen to an interview I did recently with Jennifer Abernethy. She's known as America's sales and social marketing stylist. Jennifer is truly living the social life, and we're going to learn how she went from a very successful sales job to becoming one of the leading stars of the social media marketing landscape. But first, a word about our sponsor for today's episode. Conjo Studios is an award-winning video production company whose focus is helping you tell your story. They love telling stories that matter. So if you have a corporate message or even a documentary you want to produce, Conjo Studios has the experience and the knowledge to get the job done on time and within your budget. Visit conjostudios.com, click on the blue Get a Quote button, and let them know what you need. Then watch your stress melt away as their team does the magic of producing your next video or film project. That's Conjo Studios, telling stories that matter. And now on to today's show and my interview with Jennifer Abernethy. Jennifer, welcome to the My Story podcast. Hey, Conrad. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You and I met at your very first book launch party, right? Yeah, that was back in 2009. And you've since delivered a second book, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the second one came out in 2012, and I'm currently working on a third book, which I can fill you in on a little bit later. That is awesome. So I was browsing your website, sociallydelivered.com, and on the website you say you are a social business stylist. Yes. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we I work with businesses literally from Cape Town, South Africa to Silicon Valley, and we help them tell their digital story online. And sometimes they need a little styling, a little finessing on how to you know, tell that story in a unique way so that it will attract new eyeballs, new prospects, new referral partners, new opportunities to their business on all those. Boy, that is so important to be, to look right, to sound right, to have the right uh, messaging for your business. You know, right? it really is, but it's more important too, though, to be your voice, your personality, uh-huh. not mimicking someone else, but you know, who, who are you, who do you want to be and how do you want to come across to the people who are seeing you online? So that's really where, where we help them. Very cool. So you are basically an expert in all things social. Yeah. Love social, love social, you know, in the digital space and starting to get now into virtual reality, augmented reality and mixed reality. Wow. So how does that work in the marketing world? Well, basically what's going to happen is the virtual reality and augmented reality is going to lay on top of the current social media channels. 
So it's already happening. Like if you see something called, you know, you know, Snapchat sure. and Snapchat, you know, you see people with the big, you know, the glasses on, yeah, or the, gotcha. you know, yeah. things like that's silly augmented little pictures. You see. Yeah. Silly little pictures. That's <laughs> augmented reality. And so that's starting to layer on top of that social network. Uh, and we're going to start seeing virtual reality come to Facebook and LinkedIn where we'll all wear these virtual glasses or eventually virtual contact lenses. And we'll be able to experience feeling like we're actually in the same room or at same location with the people we're connected to on social media. Now, I remember a couple of years ago, I saw you posted something that you were testing out some Google Glass things. Yes. I don't think yes. that lasted very long, right? It didn't last. In fact, <laughs> I have a headshot of me with those Google Glasses on. And I knew at the time when I got that picture taken that it was going to be outdated <laughs> pretty quickly. And someone the other day saw it out in California, like, Jennifer, you've got to get some new headshots. I said, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> they, now, they didn't last that long, but... Um, you know, but it's definitely, definitely coming, you know, with some new, they're saying with maybe even a, like in a sort of contact lens or maybe a special eye, eyeglass that we wear. Yeah. So I want to get, you know, more into what you do and who some of your customers are, but I want to back up a little bit and say, first of all, tell me a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? What was your journey like to where you are today? Yeah, well, I, I grew up, I was born in Washington, D.C., but very young, my, my family moved to California. And so I grew up, in, I consider myself a Californian, even though you know, I wasn't born there, but I went elementary through high school out in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we all just loved living out there. It was a great lifestyle, um, you know, just, just loved it so much. And um, that really influenced me because the high school that I went to was called Monta Vista and it was known as the Rock and Roll High School. Oh, wow. And the reason why is we had all the top bands uh, that played at our school, like Journey played okay. at our school, Sammy, Hag Sammy Hagar Bland, the Greg Kinn Band. Um, all the is that just because you were close to the Indiana? Correct, correct. They would come to our high school to test songs. Oh, wow. And, you know, our, <laughs> so, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon to go out, you know, aside for because you'd go outside for lunch there. Go outside for lunch, and there was a stage, and you know it'd be you know Journey playing. You know, That's for so you. cool. <laughs> so it was a real fun place to um, to grow up, and obviously California. It's just a very when you grow up there, it's a very creative environment, right? And uh, you know it's the frontier, and uh, you know it wasn't uncommon to see you know movies being filmed, commercials being filmed, people in your class going for auditions, sure. people wanted to be rock stars, you know, and it was just the vibe that was out there. And so that really had an influence on me. So I stayed out there for a while. My dad got transferred back to Washington, D.C. Um, after I graduated from high school, and I went to George Mason University. Okay. Yeah. And spent. And you've been here ever since then? Yeah. I graduated from Mason. I wanted to get back out to California. So as soon as I graduated, I went out to San Diego and I worked for a newspaper out there. And um, so you were really in the in the media, I mean, in the news media world at, to start with. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be in the newspaper industry. I worked on my college newspaper for four years. I was an advertising manager. For... Well, you know, we have that in common because I was the head photographer for my college newspaper. Oh, you were? Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's, it's such a fun place to hone your, your interests, right? I mean, things have changed since then because back then, you know, we shot on film and it was, we had to get everything camera ready. It wasn't, I mean, nothing was digital back in my days anyway. No. Oh yeah. Same, same. And um, yeah, I loved working on the college paper. It was a ton of fun. And so I wanted to get a job on a newspaper. And so I went to California, I worked for a small newspaper out there, had a lot of fun. You know, you just can't, I couldn't make a live, I couldn't live out there on my own because it was too expensive. So I came back out here to Washington, D.C. and I got really lucky. I just applied 
for a job at the Washington Post. Like I, I applied and, you know, I got it. Really? You just walked in and filled out an application and... Basically, you know, back then you filled out paper applications. Right. And I filled out an application for a sales aid for their advertising department and I got it. And I, had, <laughs> I was like, oh my I mean, God. You're one of the biggest newspapers in the country. I know. And, and wow. I, I stayed there for 15 years. A lot of people don't know that. I was. In, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I was with the Washington Post company for 15 years and I worked my way up to uh, an advertising executive with them. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I loved it. And uh, so I saw, but I, it was a fun place to work. Very exciting. I worked with all sure. the New York City ad agencies. And so I really built my advertising acumen there on a national level, like doing major presentations in Catherine Graham's dining room. Catherine Graham was still there when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a really exciting place to work. So where did that lead then to focusing on social media? So coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ad- advertising. Advertising. Sure. Yeah. So basically what happened was, and this is another skill I realized I had. So in 2000, I saw the writing on the wall. I was driving down to Washington, D.C. to go to the post. And I noticed all the traffic was coming in the opposite direction in the morning. And they were all going out to these what we call dot com startups that people were just starting to hear about. This was back in 2000, right? 1999, 2000. And I was like, I have got to get into this or I'm going to lose my skill set. It was the hottest thing. It was just hot. And I was like, newspapers are dying. You know, at that time, I was like, newspapers are dying. I need to get out of this industry. I need to get to this dot-com world. And so I left and I got into the dot-com world. And this is another thing a lot of people don't know. I sold learning management systems, uh, online learning platforms, um, to Fortune 100 companies for seven years. So I did that from 2000 to 2007. And yeah, and it, it was really cool because the company that I worked for was based out of New York City or New York. I was in Washington, D.C., and that was the first time I'd ever worked remotely from a home office. And I just thought I was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? didn't, have to, didn't have to get up and fight traffic every day. Right, right. But like that was when it was kind of new. You know, and I was like, this is so cool. I'm working from home, you know, and uh, I just thought it was really neat and I I could do it. Like I was disciplined enough to get up and do it. So anyway, I had a real successful career with them and I was making them literally millions of dollars. But I decided that I'm making them a lot of money. I would like to do that for myself. And so so I left in 2000, end of 2006, I left. And in January 2007, I started the sales lounge. And that's where my story kind of begins into the digital digital world. And what was that focus? So basically, because I had done sales for 15 years at the Post and seven for that dot com, I wanted to go back and teach, uh, coach sales teams, teach sales sales training, sales to to anyone from real estate agent to corporate salespeople to whomever you know was in right. sales. And I wanted to help them. But here's what happened. If if anyone remembers, back in 2007, we're talking now about February 2007. I was knocking on the doors of all my old corporate clients and saying, hey, it's Jennifer. I'm here to teach you, you know, sales to you. And they said, Jen, it's the beginning of the recession. I cannot have my people with you. I have to have them out with customers. And so basically what happened was I said, okay, I've got like three months of money left or I'm going to have to go get another job. So I turned to this thing called Facebook. I kept hearing about this thing called Facebook. And at that time, there was 30 million people on it, and it was mostly college students. There were no books out on the topic. No one that I knew was on Facebook. And I said, you know what? If I can get on this site 
and there's 30 million people, if I can get 30 of them to be my clients, I'll be fine. And I literally went down, I got my headshot at the mall and I got on this thing called Facebook and I knew within 48 hours, that's where things were going. Wow. So I also realized- So what was the the telltale signs that this this is where it was going? Yeah, so basically uh, I just put my first update. It said, hey, I'm eager to tell the world about the sales lounge, right? And I closed my laptop and I came back like two days later and in my inbox, I had two notes. One was from someone in Canada and another was from someone in California. And one person said, do you have a newsletter? And the other person said, do you do consulting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wow, I could never have reached these people because I right. didn't have a marketing budget. Right. And it was like, this is where it's going. This is where it's going. And then I started speaking around the area and I started telling people about this thing called Facebook and everyone thought I was nuts, you know, <laughs> and it just kind of kept going from there. But the most important thing I realized out of all that was that I realized I have an eye for trends. Like when I left the post and I noticed that the dot-com companies were the, were happening and then I noticed that this Facebook thing was happening, I'm really good at picking up on trends. So I'm really utilizing it that now in my business. Yeah. So basically I got discovered on Facebook. Um, you know, I kept putting these notes out on Facebook about sales tips, marketing tips, things like that. And I was literally walking out the door. This is probably about eight months later in 2000, ended Towards the end of 2007, I got a call from a friend of mine, Facebook friend, and she said, listen, I've been seeing your updates, and I ran into a woman at a party who's a literary agent, and she's looking for someone that understands the social media thing, and they're looking for someone to write the complete idiot's guide to social media marketing. You know, those idiot's guides books. Right. Yeah. And it's a whole series of them on different It's a whole series. Yeah. And they go out and they find experts and to, to write the books. And I was walking on vacation and she said, here's the thing that you got to call her today. Like she needs someone today. So my entire vacation, I was on the phone with the agent. I was sending in writing samples. I was interviewing and I got it. Wow. And I was so excited. So I owe Facebook as well, you know, help me get discovered. Wow. And then that took me, as you know, the book came out and that took me onto the national stage. So I started doing national speaking, things like that. And basically, even though I was teaching everyone how to do social and what it was, people kept saying to me, but will you do it for me? Will you do it for me? And so that's when I launched Socially Delivered at my second book launch party. That's a social media concierge service where we actually do it for you. (laughs) And I really enjoy it. It's so much fun. Now, do you have a whole team that works with you on Socially Delivered? Yes. Yes. We're a virtual team, virtual company. Uh, Everyone works from their homes. And they work with our clients and we write the content for them every day. We go in live, we, um, you know, talk with them over the phone, we learn what they're doing, you know, what, what's happening within their business. And we are their digital ears, eyes, and fingertips. So what's that like managing a team of people that you don't even see day to day? Yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> um, it has been a learning curve. You know, in the beginning, it grew really, really fast. And I would basically take anyone who just raised their hand and said, I would love to come work with you. And I'd say, okay. And it didn't always work out. Right. You wanted a warm body, right? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted a warm body. I just want to warm. And so now I have a much more, I don't know, ambitious process, I guess you should say, of when I bring people on. They have to go through a social media audition. We do a video call. I'm listening for their speaking voice. I'm looking at their emotional intelligence. <laughs> you know, all kinds of important things. Because they're, they're working right with the client, right? 
Correct. 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 Whereas before I, I wasn't really looking, you know, I was just like, Oh, you're, you're willing to do it. Okay. Great. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I've learned a lot sure. about myself and hiring and, um, and all that. And so I'm much more particular about who we bring on, but um, yeah, but it, but it works. And we're also able to keep the prices down for our clients because we are virtual. I'm not paying that rent. Sure. Overhead, sure. You know? So who, who's a typical client for you? Uh, let's see, you know, it really runs the gamut. Uh, this week we just signed a, a law firm out of Wisconsin that's working with us. We're working with, uh, this week we just signed a, um, an author out of San Francisco that has a big sales book coming out with McGraw Hill. Uh, we work with a house cleaning company, uh, firm that works in the Washington DC area. So it just, so honestly, just, just runs the gamut. Yeah. Companies. yeah. What are and some we of like the, that. what are some of the challenges? I mean, I'm sure you know, you've had this amazing career so far and, but what are some of the challenges that you face throughout your career that have maybe shaped you into who you are today? Mm, I'm trying to think challenges, challenges. Well, this has been interesting. Obviously being an entrepreneur, has been a big learning experience from 2007 when I launched the sales lounge to what I have now, you know, everything from, you know, having, managing a budget to, you know, watching your spending to then bringing on people, HR, that's a whole mm, different thing right, you right. Know? <laughs> to managing sales, like just wearing all these different hats. Um, but also the mental game of it, uh, it can be, you know, it can be lonely, you know, in terms mm. of you're working from home, sure. um, you're very, very busy, uh, your social life, you know, can take a hit. Um, but keeping your mind in a positive space has also been a learning process. And I've learned to just really align myself with people who are very kind of positive and out, um, outcome focused. And uh, I'm still always learning. I'm always taking, you know, e-courses and motivational courses and different things to learn from other entrepreneurs that have been there. So coming from, you know, going into an office every day and interacting with a team of people yeah. to being hunkered down in your home right. every day, how do, how do you make that adjustment? How do you connect physically or, you know, face-to-face with people? You know, That's that the work? thing. Well, the good thing is that I am on the phone a lot. Like, so I'm on the phone, I'm talking to people. So I feel like I'm getting that stimulation in terms of communication. But I also have to make an effort to get out, like physically out and meet people face-to-face because you do lose that skill set if you don't continue it. And um, same with way speaking. that's something like, that is while, missing, especially in the younger generation coming up? that that skill set is maybe not there as strongly as it could be? I do. I do. I do. Yeah. They, they, they're not that comfortable speaking, um, particularly even just speaking to a, a group of people, like in a, in a conference sure. setting, they're not comfortable with that. And I still think it's an important skill to have. It really is. You know, and it goes back to, I was reading something, I think it was Warren Buffett recently. He said the number one skill still is public speaking. Wow. And so you have to get that. Even me, I still have to get out there and I have to practice. If I haven't done a talk in a long time, I got to, you know, I still got to get out there. I got to practice. I got to, you know, because you got to keep that skill up. What is a, maybe a win that you had with a client? Maybe they were struggling with their social and you came alongside them and uh, made it a win-win for them. Can you tell, mm-hmm. tell us about one of those type of stories? I have a really fun story, actually. Um, we had an app is a gaming app that we were working with. It was a young guy, very smart guy out of California, a real young, young person who created this game. It was a space game. 
and it was an app and you'd buy the app from the iTunes store and you'd go in and you could create these cities on these different planets. And he was doing social, but he's having a real hard, he didn't really like social. He liked building the game, you know? So he hired us and he said, you know, I'm getting a lot of downloads. People are really liking my game and it's growing and growing and I got to keep up with that. Can you do the social? I said, yeah, we'll do it. So we started doing it. And this is really odd. We, I always put people on all the channels. We do Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. We do them all, Pinterest as well, to see what works. And we discovered with him that Twitter was the one that was working. Like you wouldn't have thought wow. for this game, right? Right, yeah. You think. And I was like, this is interesting. Well, what was happening was there's all these people from China that were downloading <laughs> his game. So fortunately, Twitter has the translation button. So we could see what people okay. were seeing. <laughs> anyway, right. long story short... We grew it so much, Conrad, that he got purchased by one of the largest gaming companies. And now, no now he's probably, you know, well, he has an office <laughs> well, in one of the... He's on his yacht on the Pacific exactly, someplace. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. He, he, he's living in Los Angeles now. He's, he's got an office in one of the big gaming companies. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> he's fun. like the next, you know, Zuckerberg, you know. Right. Um, but that was a really fun success story. What are some things you'd maybe do differently if you had a do-over? I would definitely have learned more about like hiring people, you know, hire, you know, in terms of in that process, because I went through a lot of pains in terms of hiring people and then I had to let them go. And it it was just a mess there for a while, you know? (laughs) Um, You know, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, he's a business owner and entrepreneur. And he said that it's more important to hire the right people than it is to hire the smartest people in the room. You're right. It's like you got to have the, like I said, it's that emotional intelligence. That's a big buzzword right now. Yep. But people who are team players, they they don't take things personally, you know, all that good stuff. So I would say that the other thing is um, you can't rest on your laurels. One of the mistakes I made, and this is just you learn, is when you have a big success, like I had the book come out, I kind of rested on my laurels there for a while. And you can't do that. I learned, I recently took a class with um, Sarah Blakely's husband, Jesse Eisler, and he had had a lot of big wins. Like he sold a business for, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And he said, you don't stop there. You keep going. And I stopped. Like I, I kind of rested on my laurels a little bit. And so that's a big lesson. I'd say if, I mean, if you're planning on working for a while, you know, you gotta, sure. you gotta keep going, you gotta keep looking for new clients and customers. And, and um, so that was a big lesson. So do you ever disconnect completely from social? I do. And when and why? I have to. Well, the why is I have to turn it off a bit because it's what I do full time. Right. And so I need to get away from it. Otherwise, I'm not I'm not clear (laughs) during the week. (laughs) So on the weekends, I have to have at least one day where I'm not online at all. Wow. So that's like a cardinal rule of mine. Like I am not on screen time. No screen time. At all. In fact, I don't even, I'm one of those strange people. I don't even get my email to my phone. I have that, to disconnect. That, that's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I disconnect. I'm not one of those people that's constantly, you know, tweeting and Instagramming and doing selfies. I'm just not. And I think that affords me the opportunity during the week to be very fresh and be there for people because I do take that time off. Evenings, I tend to, you know, cut back quite a bit. I'm not on it that much in the evenings. 
Um, and so in weekends I cut back. So, you know, I give myself, I give myself that time. Wow. I think that is so important for a healthy lifestyle. No, it really is. And when I'm out to to dinner or lunch with people, you know, I'm not looking down at my phone for one, my neck hurts when I do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, how many times do we see that you're out to eat at a restaurant and you see a table full of people and they're all looking at their phones? I, I, I see it all the time. I see it all the time me and it too. drives so- me crazy. So I, I, yeah, I put my phone away and I'm just be present and it really helps me be, feel more balanced, quite honestly. You know, I heard one company recently had an issue with their employees going out for dinner and or lunch and they all were on their phones. And so they made a rule that said that uh, everyone puts their phone on the table before the meal begins and the first one to touch their phone pays for lunch. That was good. (laughs) So what a way to uh, get our employees and coworkers to begin having conversations face-to-face instead of through their phone, right? I love it. I love it. I think that's so great. So a couple more things before we wrap up our interview here today. Uh, You know, social media can be a really negative and toxic place. How do you handle the negativity and the Mm -hmm. argumentative discussions that show up on your social feed. Yeah, it can be tough. Uh, It can be tough, Um, you know, between, yeah, like I said, the negativity or like you may see animal abuse, things like that. You know, it's just that part can be tough. Um, I try to block when I can. So I'm not seeing that. I limit my screen time, you know, like we talked about. And I really do just try to focus on the positive. If I see something negative, I just kind of move move through it, you know, because it does have an impact. Do you think social media is going to continue to grow or morph into something different? I, I think it's going to morph. That's what I really do think. We're, we're, the trend is that email is going to start fading away because the young people coming up don't email. They, they text and they talk through social media. They do talk through social, like they'll, they'll talk through their Instagram accounts, things like that. So we're going to see social is going to stay around. It's just going to have new layers to it with the virtual reality, augmented reality, but it'll continue to morph. It really will. And I don't know what that's going to look like. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where all this goes. You know, who knew 15 years ago we'd be having a conversation like this over the internet through computers? (laughs) That's just it. I know. Or podcasts. Look at podcasting. Podcasting really has blown up, hasn't it? Yeah, podcast is huge now. And so I'm so excited to be a guest on your podcast and to be talk to a movie, movie star, movie director. Well, thank you, Jennifer. It's great to have you on the show to talk about what you do and what you love to do. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to those, to that person who's starting out in business or maybe they've just graduated from college or getting mm-hmm. their start in their career? What are some key things that young entrepreneurs should do to set themselves up for success? Oh, I love that question. I would say one of the things I'm telling, like I have a daughter that's 23, and I'm telling her, you know, experiment, try new things, don't get locked into one way of thinking of things or doing things, you know, there's so many different points of view. The world is going to be very, very, we're in 2019 right now, the world's going to be very, very different in 2029, which is 10 years away, it's going to be so different, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like. So experiment, try new things, but also connect to people on, let's say, LinkedIn in different industries, aside from yours. Connect to a virtual reality expert. Connect to people in Silicon Valley. 
connect to people that are writers, just different types of connect to people that are in the movie business. And um, because that's where the, the value is going to be your connections. Yeah, that is so important and making those friendships. And I, I don't know if you saw a thing that I started on Facebook recently where I invited a group of friends together for dinner. You know, just inviting oh. people to come together who wouldn't normally have a chance to meet each other. I love that. I love that. We don't really have an agenda, but just to have a time for meeting face-to-face and making connections. Maybe making connections with people who would never, like I said, have a chance to meet. Oh, God, I love that. I'd love that. I'd love to come to one one time. Yeah, I'll be sure to get you an invite to our next dinner. Yeah. You're definitely no, see, on the list. It's going back a little bit to the face-to-face. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, we've become so so digitalized. I mean, D- I mean digitalized. Digitalized. <laughs> digitized. And I've think, you know, we're really made for that human face-to-face interaction. No, we are. We are, and we need it. And, um, you know, you, you do start craving it after a while. You know, yeah. you just you just have to have it. And, and so the younger people, I say to them, you know, again, get out. It's not just online. Look up. Don't always look down at your phone. Yeah. Look around. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and see, what, see what's around you, you know? You know something, when we, were, we would take the kids on vacation across the country, like a road trip or something, and they'd be in the back, you know, they wanted to watch a movie. We never really had a DVD player in the car. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, the, the phones came out, I'd be like, put your phone down, look out the window. I know. I mean, there's so much to see out there. I know. And like, Dad, it's boring. It's cornfields. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but look, you can't see that at home where you, you know, it's it's something different every mile. And they didn't quite always agree with me. But <laughs> Their brains are wired differently yeah. than ours. You know, it's, that's true. You know, they just that are. And because I know my parents, we drove, you know, going back and forth from California to Washington. We drove. Sure. And we didn't have the mobile phones. We didn't yep. have the internet. Yep. And yes, I looked out the window. The entertainment the was the window of the yes. car, right? <laughs> and so There's something kinda, lost with that. These there days. is. I know. I know. I know. Or we're sounding old. I don't know. One yeah, of the two. Exactly. <laughs> telling your age. <laughs> so. What are some of the books, podcasts, or the people who have most influenced you? Oh, my gosh. You know, that Jesse Eisler, he's married to Sarah Blakely, who started Spanx. He's really inspired me. I I did an eight-week online class with him. And, you know, he sold, I think it's Vita Coco, the Vita Coco water, and he had a... um, a, uh, a Learjet business that he sold and he knew nothing about Learjets when he got into it, nor did he know anything about the beverage industry when he got into that. And he really had an impact on me. It was just this eight week course that I, that I took and it was, um, Oh gosh, I'm thinking of the name of it right now, but it was something about like living, living a fuller life, like outside of work. Cause I tend to be a workaholic and he was all about like having a fuller life. And that really impacted me. Like he was thinking, okay, let's just say you're 50 years old. You really have 25 summers left. Hmm. Wow. You That's know, and you sobering. think about that, like healthy, possibly healthy summers, you right, know, right. hopefully it's longer. Right. But, um, but even with biotech coming, you know, we'll probably be living longer, but nonetheless, you're just saying, but let's just say that doesn't happen. I like things like that. He helped hmm. me look at life in a whole, whole new way. And so that really had an impact on me, you know, really, really did. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was called Build Your Life Resume. That was okay. the name of the class. Okay. And I think he still offers it. Wow. And um, so I'd recommend it. It was it was just a really cool class. And um, 
you know, really helped you look at life and work in a whole new way. Awesome. So what's the next big thing for you? The next big thing, I'm actually, you know, we talk a lot about California and, and, you know, I do love it and I get a lot of clients from California. I'm going to experiment in 2019 with going out to California once a quarter and working from there one, one week out of the quarter. Very cool. How fun. Yeah, I know. And I thought, you know, why not? I have a virtual business. I can do that, but I want to get involved in, um, you know, going to some networking events and just getting to know people out there again in terms of getting ingrained a little bit in the in the community i like the lifestyle out there so but i also love the east coast too so i thought let me let me do that so that's something i'm going to try this year and i'm also working on a book on linkedin very cool yeah you know linkedin is one of those things that you know i use but i really haven't been focused on it so much I know. And I'm telling people now, you got to get back on LinkedIn because it's really coming back around and there's all kinds of cool things you can do, which will be in my book. But like one would be connecting to people outside your industry, getting to know them, building digital relationships. Because again, between 2019 and 2025, business is going to be done very, very differently in 2025. Well, so what makes you say that? Uh, things are going to continue to move even faster. People are going to be pressed for, for time even more. They're going to want to connect to you faster. They're going to need to, to um, do business in new and different ways. And so they're going to need the network to help them do that. You know, So LinkedIn, I feel, is going to be one key way to kind of really uh, find people in all different industries, literally around the world, um, who you can start connecting to. You've probably had the experience where you've been connected to someone on social, but you've never met them. Right. But if you did meet them in person, you'd feel like you knew each other. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. That's where, you know, that's what we're finding is happening. But people have to, but not everyone does that. So I'm trying to tell people, yeah, you need to start, you know, taking these digital relationships a bit more seriously. I've hired people I've met on Twitter. You know, for my first film, yeah. I hired a fundraiser that I connected with on Twitter and I ended up hiring her and her partner. And they worked with me for about three years. Oh, my gosh. You see? Yeah, see, there's opportunity out there. And and one of the business partners for the feature film I'm working on, I met on Twitter as well. She lives in Panama, and we connected. Wow, you see? It's amazing who you can connect with on social media. You see? Yeah, Twitter, I love Twitter. A lot of people think Twitter's dead, but it's, it's not. not. There's no. a lot happening. Right. No, it's a lot happening on Twitter. No. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, just what you've done. You're connecting to people globally. We have to connect to people globally. The world's getting smaller and smaller. Um, also, yeah, kind of heavy stuff, but you know, the world, we're going to start having issues, obviously see it happening, climate, mm-hmm. food, water, things like that. We need to kind of work together collectively to try to solve some of these Absolutely. problems. Absolutely. So where can people get in touch with you? Where, where can they connect with you? Sure. Uh, well, my email is jennifer at sociallydelivered.com, delivered with the ED on the end, or they can find me at sociallydelivered.com. And I'm on Twitter at sales lounge and at we deliver social. Jennifer, it's been great having you on the show today. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Yes, thank you. I had so much fun. And I look forward to getting a copy of your new book when it comes out. Do you know when, when, what's the launch date for that? Don't have an exact date. It'll be sometime in 2020. Awesome. Thank you. So I'll let you know. 
Thanks so much, Jennifer, for taking time to talk to me. You know, I've been on social media for quite a while and seem to know a lot. But every time I talk with Jennifer, I realize how much I don't know about social media. And I'm so glad to have a friend like Jennifer who can give us insight and wisdom into managing our social media and how to better uh, promote ourselves and advertise the work that we do through our social media platforms. So that was a fun interview and looking forward to getting Jennifer's next book as soon as it comes out. So in the spirit of today's interview, I would love for you to connect with me on social media. You can connect on all the social pages for this podcast. Instagram, it's at my story podcast. On Twitter, it's at my story underscore podcast. And on Facebook, you can find us at My Story Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. And if you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends and family. I'm also always eager to hear your feedback and what you like, what you don't like. So if you could leave a review, I'd really appreciate it, especially those of you who listen on iTunes. If you can leave a review there on the iTunes page, that would be fantastic. And click on the five stars if you think it's worth five stars. If not, just click on the amount of stars you think it's worth. So thanks so much. Hey, next week on the My Story podcast, we are going to hear from another friend of mine, Tim Pecoraro. Tim is from Greenville, South Carolina. He's a speaker, a coach, a trainer, and the founder of a couple of businesses, including Uphill Strategies and his related podcast, Uphill Conversations. So be sure to tune in next Monday for my interview with Tim Pecoraro. And if you like the music on today's show, it's from my friend Drew Davidson. You can get his latest album and hear all his music on iTunes, Spotify, or on drewdavidson.com. There's a link below in the podcast description. Last, if you have an idea for an interview you'd like to hear, send me a message and I'll see what I can do. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you again next week on the My Story Podcast. Podcast.